Welcome to Fairfield. What are you reading? A next book podcast from the Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. I am Philip Barr, your host and head of adult services. Each month we gather a group of library staff together for a conversation about what we are reading, what we're reading, what we've just finished, what we're excited about coming soon. Most of the books will be new, some will be older. The group will focus on books we love and hopefully you will too. The mood of this podcast is relaxed. Imagine you come into the library, ask a librarian for a next read, and a couple more people stop by and soon everyone is trading their favorite new reads. Listen in now as we begin. Hello, I'd like to welcome everyone to episode 18 of What Are You Reading? A next book podcast from Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. Today is July 7th, 2022. My guests and colleagues include Jan Fisher, Mary Coe, and Leslie Hagel. We'll be discussing summer reading, um, favorite new books, and also I'd like to tell everyone that's listening that we are um, doing a few things differently this episode. We are recording in person for the very first time since lockdown, so that's very exciting. So we can actually um, see each other in person rather than on Zoom, and hopefully the interaction will be a little more spontaneous, which will be fun. And we also have some new podcasting equipment, so fingers crossed with that. Um, why don't we just jump right in? Leslie, would you like to get us started? Sure. I've got some great books that just came out in June, and they both happen to be in New York City. The first one's called The Last Call at the Nightingale. It's a historical fiction, and it's also a mystery, so it would appeal to both readers of both of those genres. It's set in 1924 during the Jazz Age and the world of speakeasies. And it's about a character named Vivian and her sister who have kind of a a difficult life. They live in the tenements and they work in a factory, a sewing factory. And in order to escape the daily drudgery, Vivian finds a speakeasy called the Nightingale where she goes at night and dances and flirts and drinks and uh, has just this escape from her her life and it all is going wonderfully until one night she accidentally stumbles upon a murder in the alley behind this speakeasy and it goes from there so it's the perfect beginning of a new mystery series oh great it's a series it's Catherine shellman is the author and uh, that was, a, I loved that one. The, another one that takes place in, not right in Manhattan, but in Queens, it's called The Girls in Queens. It's a debut novel by Christine Candick Torres. And we are actually having her, the friends of Fairfield Public Library, are having her visit sorry, July 27th. And you can register for that event on our website. Uh, she is a debut novelist, and it's a contemporary fiction, a multicultural. It's about these two friends, Brisma and Kelly, who are Latinx neighbors who grow up together in Queens. They have an extremely close friendship. They share everything, but they are completely opposite personalities. Brisma is sweet and sensitive and observant, and Kelly is bold and outgoing and flirty. And as they enter high school, their friendship starts to crack a little bit here and there. And Brisma has her first boyfriend, Brian, and she's so excited because she finally gets something that she doesn't have to share with Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) And then it also flashes to years later when they are young adults 
and the Mets are in the playoffs. And so there's lots of detail about the Mets. If you're a baseball fan, you're going to love that part of it. And they are at a bar one night watching in Queens, watching the Mets, and they bump into Brian again, the boyfriend from high school, who has now been accused of sexual assault. Mm. And they have to, they're forced to pick sides about Brian's story. Mm. So it, it is an authentic voice. It's about growing up in a community of color and it's also about the accusations of sexual assault. Sounds good. It's yeah. really good. It's uh, fast moving and stays with you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that event too, to the author. Event. Yeah, she's a wonderful and she is a local. Mm-hmm. Um, she grew up in Queens, but she lives now in Fairfield. Yeah. Who wants to jump in? Uh, I'll talk about <clears throat> a book that came out earlier this year. Uh, Take My Hand by Dolan Perkins Valdez. It's based on uh, true incidents of the 1970s in Alabama where it was an acceptable practice to sterilize young black girls without their understanding what was happening to them. They were their caregivers and they were told a bunch of nonsense that they did not really understand. And this is a story of a young nurse who discovered this. She was um, working as a a social worker nurse, and she was just so outraged by this and dedicated to eliminating this. It's a very powerful and emotional story that's uh, very well told. Um, That was kind of uh, timely and interesting. Uh, Another book I, I read just for fun was I'm not I don't usually listen to romance or read romance but this is a rom-com Dial A for Aunties by Jessie Sutanto oh I love her she's so good (laughs) Medi is a photographer in her mother and four Indonesian aunts wedding planner business and they all want Medi to find Mr. Wright especially her mom who signs up for a dating app to get Medi dates so they end up with a dead body, and <laughs> they're preparing for a big, big wedding on an island, and the body ends up on the island, and uh, Medi's ex-boyfriend runs a hotel on this island, and um, there's a lot of chaos, and it's a lot of fun, even though, like, someone's dead, but, you know, it's, it's <laughs> But it's so hysterical. Funny. It's very funny. The scene with the... Uh, where the mother's talking about the conversation she had with on the app, the dating app. Oh my right. goodness, she had no idea what she was saying. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. And the interaction of the aunts, oh, yeah. it, it, so it's hysterical. They're each such unique characters. And she has a sequel to that that just came out. Yeah, I was trying to remember the name of that one. I can't remember the title either, but uh, it just came out this summer. All right. Sure. So I have two... Um, really big books that I wanted to talk about initially and uh, by big I mean big in the number of pages but also uh, kind of the depth of the stories Um, and I absolutely loved loved both of them Um, you really do want to kind of take your time and dig in Uh, both writers are stellar and there's beautiful language and um, they were fantastic the first one actually just came out on july 5th it's called fellowship point and it's by alice elliott dark 
And a fellowship point is a peninsula in Maine, and um, some Quaker families uh, built homes, summer homes initially there, and formed this kind of foundation. So it's the story of two of the women who've lived there since they were children, and they're now in their 80s. Agnes is a famous children's author, and Polly is her friend who was uh, married a mother and a grandmother. Um, so their lives are very different, uh, but they have a, a close relationship. Uh, Fellowship Point itself is a character because there's some uncertainty about the future of it. Some, but he wants to kind of break up the foundation and develop it uh, with a big hotel and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So um, there's conservation angle to the story too, but it's really mostly about uh, families and of course there's some buried secrets as there, real, there always are in these big family novels. Um, but I think that what the author's done so beautifully is show the difference between the women um, and how women can judge, be, judge ourselves by paths that we don't take or take, you know, career versus family um, and children. And Polly was very devoted to her husband and Agnes, who's definitely like the the crankier of the two have always says she's always felt that Polly really was subservient to him and didn't push she put herself she never put herself first she always put herself last and her before after her husband and her kids and then there's this young editor Maud um, who has her own she's dealing with her own issues with a mom with mental illness and uh, raising a child by herself and she's a young editor and she comes because she's trying desperately to get Agnes to write her memoir and Agnes does not want to do that and you kind of find out why she's been so reluctant to do that as the novel unfolds um, but I, I think you know it, it shows like you never we never stop growing but in so many ways, we remain um, children, especially in the relationships with people that we've had for our whole lives. Mm -hmm. And I loved, loved, loved the ending of this book. Mm -hmm. I felt like I w it was just a joyous ending. So, mm -hmm. um, And then another one that's coming out in October is uh, Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. Mm -hmm. So if you are a Barbara Kingsolver fan, um, you will definitely not be disappointed with this novel. Um, I, I kind of felt for me it might be a, a good choice too for fans of Lincoln Highway by Amor Tolls. Um, again, a place is a really strong character in the novel. Um, it's taking place in the 1980s in southern Appalachia and it has one of the most visually powerful opening scenes I have ever read. I will never get the opening scene out of my my mind. Um, it's it was just very very vivid. So um, our main character is an 11 year old at the start of the story named Demon Copperhead, uh, and he is definitely he's looking back. So we know he has not had a very easy life. Drug addicted mother, uh, some foster care nightmares battling his own opioid addiction. Um, there's prejudice, um, but there's also some caring people along the way. I, and I, I kept bracing myself for the next awful thing that was gonna be coming down the road for him. Um, 
she shows the limits of family and how you know our ability to rescue people that are in trouble or not and how despair can be insurmountable at times but uh, you just keep reading because it's Barbara Kingsolver uh, it's a very important story some say uh, like a retelling of David Copperfield um, and it, we say this a lot about characters, but he, Demon Copperhead's truly one of the most unforgettable characters I've come across wow. in recent memory. And ultimately, the story is hopeful. So, yeah. I got to add that to my list. Yeah. It's, again, you just you do take your time with these, um, but they're both just, I really think, outstanding. And that's coming out in October. The yeah, that's over. coming out October eighteenth. Yeah, so uh, Harper Collins. Mark your Goodreads or yes. your Google calendars, whichever you use. Yep. <laughs> Sounds good. You'd like to add some more? Yeah, I have a great one for a summer too. Um, if you're like me, this one checked all the boxes. It's called The Lost Summers of Newport. And it's a combination of Beatrice Williams, Lauren Willig, and Karen White who are writing together. And you don't know which one wrote what, which yeah. is kind of interesting. And it, it, they do it so well in this book that it, it really flows. So it doesn't even matter that there's three writers. But it takes place in Newport, Rhode Island. And there's three timelines. It's 2019, 1958, and 1899. Wow. And in 2019, Andy is the main character. And she's a producer for a reality show that's a home makeover show. And she's actually really into historic restorations, but the show is a little more flashy than that. So um, they are, they are um, showing the Sprague Mansion, which is a mansion that was built right near, uh, next door to the Marblehead, if you're familiar with Newport. So there's lots of details about uh, the Newport mansions and that whole area. And, um, she's redoing the house and she's only been told two things that she can't do she can't disturb the owner who's still living there her name is lucky sprague and she can't touch the boathouse mm. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 1958 lucky uh we flash back to lucky when she was younger and she just moved over from italy to newport with her grandmother and she marries into the sprague family Sty sprague who's a a womanizer, but uh, he's also in the big Newport sailing yachting set. So she's immediately into that society. So it covers a lot of that. And then in 1899, we go all the way back to Maybell Sprague and her music teacher, sort of a music teacher, I'll just say that. It gets into a little more. Her name's Ellen, and she's been hired to polish Mabel's singing voice for her debut. And she's actually doing more than just her singing voice. She's kind of trying to bring out this shy child so that she can debut and they need her to marry someone with money so they can finish this Sprague Mansion, which is actually, unlike some of the other mansions that exist in Newport, is not done with the best quality materials, but it's made to look like it so that they will get accepted into that Newport hmm. society. Sounds interesting. Yeah. I yeah. have that on my list to read. It's so good. And again, you know, like Mary was saying, there's secrets hidden within the family that affect all these generations and all these timelines. I do love a good time jump, too. I think mm -hmm. that story, novels like that, that where you go to three different time periods are great. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I'm also, I'm rewatching Gilded Age right now on HBO Max and um, they're at the Newport section. Perfect. I just can't. Yes. I, you can't get, once you start delving into that, you just can't get enough oh, of that Newport that. scene. It's just I so, could go so to fun. those mansions again and again. <laughs> and I know I've read that these three authors just have a blast writing together mm. and, and they, they love that. And that's so neat. And yeah. I think it shows in the book. I yeah. mean, right, the first chapter, I just sucked me right in. Well, I love that one. And then uh, we can't, not do this podcast we have to talk about this one book jen i know you do too you actually got me to read it because we were talking about it here at work and i said okay this will be my next one it's called the measure and it's from nikki ehrlich and it's actually this week i think or last week uh it was also put on jenna's book club from the today show um and i think it's perfect for readers of the midnight library or in five years uh, it's definitely my top 20 for 2022, I'd say. At five stars, I can't say enough. <laughs> uh, you wake up, the, the, the premise is that one morning across the world, everywhere, you wake up and there's a box outside your doorstep for every person in your household. And there's an engraving on the box. I can't remember exactly the, the phrasing, so I won't try. And you decide... Do I open the box? Do I not open the box? And it's something about your life. You know that much. So some people will open it, and inside is a, a predictor of the, your life expectancy, how much longer you have left to live. And you can't change it, so what do you do? How do you react? How does society react? Uh, it's very incredibly thought-provoking, um, beautiful. Once people find out that it is, in fact, um, true that it's working for people, whether they their string is long or their string is short, um, then people really have to contemplate whether they want to know that or not. And people who have a short string end up to get all kinds of prejudices against them. It's like a, pic a whole picture of society based on these strings instead of the things that we actually prejudice people for right um it's fascinating and i have a friend who we've long said if only we knew how long we have to live we'd know how to spend our money <laughs> whether to save it to be 95 or spend it and have a good time but in reflecting on this book, I'm not so sure that I would actually open the box. I don't know. Yeah, but. it's interesting. And it follows, I think, about eight characters and how they react to to the box and what they do. And there's and, there's street treating, and that oh. is a very interesting concept yeah. there. And there's well. databases that are being kept. That's what I was going to ask. So everyone else knows yes. what you've got, like how, your it, string and how long. Yes. And do they eventually say where they come from, where the boxes came from? We don't know. Yeah. I mean, okay. is it aliens? Yeah. Is it mm -hmm. religious? Yeah. Is it a hoax? Yeah. The book writer? <laughs> <laughs> is it an author? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, definite must read. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Very thought-provoking. Yes. And then I have a, one other one that's a, another one of my favorite genres, the thriller, mystery, murder, to, to go with my romance reads. <laughs> um, and it's about, it actually takes place in Connecticut, which I thought was interesting. It's about an all-girls boarding school in the 1970s. And the cast of characters at first glance is very kind of 
superficial uh, or stereotypical. There's Cassidy, who's the pretty popular girl that everybody wants to be friends with. And she, on the first two years, uh, it's a four-year high school. In the first two years, she rooms with Zoe, who's kind of the edgy uh, New York rebel. But come junior year, she befriends another girl in her class uh, named Abby, who's a debutante and a jock. And and uh, Cassidy just said she wants to learn more about that world. And she gets to be friends with her, and she switches roommates, which sets into motion a domino effect, as you can imagine, among these girls all living together. And uh, Zoe kind of rebels a bit and starts this game that for senior year everyone she puts up the list of all the girls in the class and as you lose your virginity or if you have already lost your virginity you put a star up by your name and that proceeds for people to either tell their tale not tell their tale are they lying are they telling the truth and creates incredible uh, you know consequences in the book Uh, lots of twists it also reflects the changes in society in the 60s and 70s, especially as they, they relate to women. So that part made it, gave it a lot of depth and um, just kind of about female friendships and that become almost obsessions. What was the title of that? That was one's it? called Tell Us No Secrets, and it's a debut novel by Sienna Sterling. It came out on June 7th. Mm-hmm. Great. Sounds good. Sounds good. Speaking of uh, dark... Uh, psychological dramas uh, I read Daisy Darker which I believe is coming out in July uh, the Darker family is gathered at Seaglass their family island estate to celebrate Nana's 80th birthday once the tide goes out no one can leave the island for 8 hours um, there are 3 sisters Lily, Daisy and uh, I can't remember but it's another flower, flower. Rose maybe <laughs> Um, and Daisy is the youngest and she's sort of the narrator but um, th- so the Nana reads her will when everyone is there and then the next morning Nana's body is found Oh, she just made it to her 80th mm. um, and then bodies start turning up more <laughs> and it's kind of a locked room mystery because they're all on this island they're trying to figure out oh, who's what happened it's, uh, it's pretty good and there's a, a, tis- a twist uh, that is unexpected and um, somewhere I came up with this tagline if it was in the book but sometimes little white lies can turn into big dark secrets so that's uh, that kind of key that, that something happened along the way that didn't seem like it was a big deal but it actually was and kind of along that line uh, psychological thriller The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager I love that one I read that too I kind of like that because it takes place on a lake in Vermont, which is where I've been spending my vacations for the last 35 years. So um, I enjoyed that, and it, that has a very odd twist to it also. Extremely so, unexpected. What's yeah. what's the first one called again? The first book was Daisy Darker. Daisy Darker. It's, I, um, it's a little bit dark, but the yeah. family is... <laughs> I have to. Family. I have to tell because I have Alex three sisters, Keeney. so I have to tell them to read that. Book. <laughs> and also, my mom. We called my my mom's grandchildren called her Nana. So there's a lot of connections oh, there that I'm going to have to know. <laughs> I'm not going to go to any island with I my siblings. I was just going to say, don't don't go soon. to it and have them all read it on an island. 
I, I love that the House Across the Lake too. That Riley Sager's books are so good and fast-paced and twisty. Yeah. Well, speaking of twisty, and I think Jan, you, this was one that you have read. Um, I am not done with it yet, but I'm enjoying it so much that like as soon as we wrap up here I'm going to pick it up and start reading it again because it's gotten to a point where I kind of I can't put it down uh, it just came out in June it's called The Woman in the Library uh, by Sulari Gentile I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly I know and I have said I don't usually do a thriller um, but this one starts out um, with in a library in a library what a surprise <laughs> and it involves writers uh, so there's just these four random strangers sitting at a table in the beautiful reading room of the Boston Public Library when they hear this blood-curdling scream um, everyone hears it and they form a bond we've got two writers in the group and two uh, students in the group they're all in their their 20s except for one I think we find out that he's 30 um, and of course no one is exactly who they seem to be um, and the other really cool thing that she has done with this is the story of these four people in this blood-curdling scream is the starting point of a novel that's being written by mm -hmm. someone kind of off camera um, and we're also getting these letters there's this man named Leo who's writing to the author of this story uh, apparently she is sending him chapters to read and he writes back with criticism and suggestions because she's from Australia she's writing a novel that's taking place in Boston and he's from Boston so there's there's some hmm. like helpful tidbits and then he starts to get a little creepy uh, <laughs> and a little bit even more creepy and then we find out that uh, one of the characters in the story um, has a very dark past you, at this point it's a just a great whodunit I have no idea who did it, um, but it's kind of this like slow burn, slow build in um, the tension. And it hasn't so far, it has not been very gory. So uh, just definitely more of a focus on the psychological aspect. kind of a aspect. story within a story. Yeah, within, within a, a story. story. Mm -hmm. Literally. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm, I highly recommend that one. Um, and then a, a total non-thriller um, and a romance with a little bit of comedy, but not too much comedy, uh, was It's Meant to Be by Emily Giffen, uh, which came out in May. And I think anyone with even a passing interest in the Kennedys will recognize this as being a reimagined telling of the love story between John Kennedy Jr. and Carolyn Bessett. Mm -hmm. uh, their names are Joe Kingsley and Kate Cooper. They come from different backgrounds, but they fall in love in spite of that. Um, and the challenges that they face, you know, dealing with Joe's celebrity. His father was an astronaut as opposed to being president. So there's there are uh, changes in the characters that way. Um, Kate feels very ashamed of uh, her family. Um, her father married a man who was very abusive to her and her mother. And then, so then we have Joe's best friend and his mother, who were trying to tell him that Kate is not the girl for him. Um, but they do end up together. It's really well written, 
and you can't help but root for them and worry at the same time because we know the mm. ending to the real story but um it's very touching and especially i think in the light of the tragedy that that, kind of, that befell the real couple mm. so i i I really recommend that one as well. She's a great writer, too. She's a great writer, yeah. So I said I wasn't going to say anything about, I wasn't going to talk about any books because um, I'm focused on the equipment <laughs> equipment this time. Yeah. But I don't. I just realized I do want to mention that last month, um, our teen librarian, Jen Laceman, recommended Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe, and I gave it a shot, and it was fantastic. It was a really great read. So... Um, so if you uh, listened last month and that was on your list, you should bump it up. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> bump it up on the to-be-read pile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I have. it wouldn't be a complete podcast without a romance book. So for all you fans of Colleen Hoover, uh, there's a book out coming out in July. It's called The Bodyguard by Catherine Center. And I would call it a rom-com. And the bodyguard, it's kind of a juxtaposition of the male-female roles, and the bodyguard is a female. Hmm. And she's not your big, brawny, tough, obvious bodyguard. She's a bodyguard that's hired to blend into the the background and be there to protect you, but not everyone knows she's there. And in this situation, in this book, she is becoming the bodyguard for a Hollywood star, a big, you know, studly guy who needs to be protected from a stalker so she has to pose as his girlfriend and she doesn't want to because it's not her normal role it doesn't she's not flashy and she doesn't dress like that and she doesn't hang out with that crowd but now she has to make it sell it for real so it's real fast-paced quick read um it also talks about her self-discovery as uh, the character and um, female empowerment issues so it makes it you know one of those romances that has depth that's by uh, Catherine Center, who's, um, I'm becoming a fan of hers. It's not only because of her books. I did um, see her at a conference one time, and she was wonderful. And I think I sent out a, a, a video clip of her speaking about the joy of reading. Oh, my reading, gosh. Reading for joy. Yeah. I literally watched that right before I left for vacation, yeah. and I loved it. And I forgot to tell you how if, much I loved it. If you can find it on um, YouTube, it's called Reading for Joy by Catherine Center. Center. And yeah. I think yeah. uh, you would you yeah, would it enjoy was, that. Listeners. It was really good. Yeah, anybody who loves to read. It was just, and it just, I love the fact that she really gives us permission to, like, explore the genres that bring us joy you know like it's just and because I think so often you know we all have these lists of like books that we're supposed to read and what about the books we want to read right. you know so yay that was great Thank that you. was my first book by her so I was happy to see that she, she has a lot more things you save in a fire things you save yes. in a fire that was that. wonderful that's yeah that's in our book club section I mm-hmm. I saw that I'm gonna have yeah. to go back and read it yeah that was great so um, another book that I read recently that came out earlier this year was a debut called Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shel- Shelby Van Pelt. Uh, Tova is an older woman who continues to work as a cleaner at an aquarium while all her friends are retired. She's recently lost her husband and she's grieving that and she's also grieving the loss of her son still even though that happened 30 years ago. Uh, in this aquarium, it, there's a mischievous and very smart 
uh, octopus who escapes from his tank every now and then to search for a snack or whatever, and she sometimes has to help get him back into the tank before he dries out or whatever. And he's quite old. Uh, he's He takes on the anthropomorphic characteristics. He They can communicate, and um, it, it's a little bit of a fantasy in that sense, but it's it's believable. Um, and then there's a second part of the story, uh, down on his luck young man comes to town with hopes of finding his father, who supposedly is a very wealthy uh, person in this area, and uh, he ends up taking over Tova's position because she gets injured um, on a ladder. So they meet up and they become friends and it all interrelates in the end and we find out what happened to the son and it's just it's a great story very uh it's witty and sensitive and uh deals with friendship and truths revealed and i really enjoyed that it was very nice and an original premise really with the yeah with the octopus Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like octopuses are having their heydays. There's a documentary streaming about an octopus too, oh. right? Oh, that's They're right. Yeah. That's my right. my octopus teacher. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. the yeah, one. That's yeah, that right. was great. Yeah, They're was very really very smart. Yeah. So I I read a few um, nonfiction books recently as well. Um, one this is like a total departure from everything we've been talking about here, but one was called Madhouse at the End of the Earth: The Belgica's Journey into the Dark Antarctic Night. And this was uh, about an expedition that took place to Antarctica in 1897. Uh, and things didn't quite turn out as expected. Uh, they got stuck in the ice, and they were actually imprisoned there for months because it, the weather turned so that there was no way they were getting out of there. And it's uh, a survival story. Um, things happened... Uh, scurvy was an issue Um, of course like the personalities on the ship Um, it's something that uh, NASA actually has studied um, to related to their missions because of isolation like how people Mm. behaved in isolation Mm. Uh, they finally did get out of there but there's horror and adventure and it's it's incredible like some of the things that they went through because they had to go get off the ship to get food mm-hmm. and uh some people got stuck on a ice flow that it's just amazing how they could have survived it mm. i couldn't even imagine it sounds like the uh, ted shackle shackleton yeah. is it um sound like anyone mm-hmm. who likes those mm-hmm. books about right. that experience right yeah. this isn't the normal kind of thing i would read i i listened to it but it was fascinating Another fascinating book that I'm listening to now is An Immense World, How Animal Senses Reveal the Hidden Realms Around Us. And this is about how animals have different kinds of senses that we don't. Like they can understand and communicate with vibrations, uh, rumbling, their uh, cilia can pick up uh sounds communicate their eyes are different like some of the animals with the 360 vision sorry what happened (laughs) Uh, birds have seasonal hearing uh, and whale sounds that we don't hear 
can travel thousands of miles under the ocean. Um, it was just fascinating to me. There's a cacophony of animal sounds going on all around us, but we don't hear them because they're either a lower or a higher frequency than what we can hear. Mm. So cool. that I found just fascinating. And then uh, another thing that I read that I just really enjoyed it was uh, Seamus O'Reilly's memoir, Did You Hear Mammy Died?, which is a wonderful memoir about O'Reilly's growing up in a family with 10 siblings. This is in the 1980s in uh, Derry, Ireland, right next to the, right on the border where the troubles were taking place quite a bit. So um, his mother passed away when he was five and there were several groups among the siblings, the older ones, the middle ones, and the wee ones. And um, the title comes from, because at her uh, wake, people were all coming into the house for the wake, and he would say this to people, did you hear Mammy died? Like, he didn't understand why they were there, but mm. it kind of became a um, thing. But it's funny, and it's heartwarming, and the father was just wonderful, and I really enjoyed that. Now, did you say, did you listen to that one? I read it on paper. Oh, okay. I wondered if he did the uh, the audio. Oh, I didn't wait. We, we love that. I bet that we love that Irish, yeah. Irish accent. Yeah. Can I mention a couple that I am really looking forward yes, to? Yes, I would love to, okay. I would love for us to sw- switch gears and just sort of talk a little bit about some things we're looking forward to, okay. and then we can, because we just have a couple more minutes. Okay. Sure. Looking ahead to the, to the fall, um, so... Fair, Fairfield, she's from Fairfield. She's currently in Massachusetts. Elena Dillon, who um, is the author of Mercy House mm. and The Happiest Girl in the World, uh, which I highly recommend. I may have talked about one or both of them um, on other podcasts, but she's actually coming out with a historical, um, a World War II fiction, a dual timeline. Mm. A daughter discovers her mother was a female pilot during the war, and the only reason she finds that out is because she receives an invitation to a congressional gold medal ceremony. So wow. uh, it sounds that sounds great, and I, I love Elena's writing. I really do. And then Those two, other two books are really unforgettable. Aren't I they? I still think about them all the time. Yes, and very different. Mm-hmm. So this, again, sounds like something, you know, she's really switching it up. Um, and then... Kate Atkinson, who wrote um, one of my all-time favorite books, Life After Life. Is that right? Is that the right title, <laughs> Life After Life? Um, so she's got one coming out in September. It's called Shrines of Gaiety, and it's taking place in London. It's 1926, after the war. Um, and a new world, I get, there's three women uh, characters uh, a, a new world of dazzling nightclubs in Soho in London, and there are dignitaries and gangsters and the dark underbelly, and I just can't mm. wait for that one. And then uh, Maggie O'Farrell, who wrote Hamnet, which was I know everyone loved, and one of my favorites for sure, has one coming out called The Marriage Portrait, which is going to be another lush historical drama. Um, about Lucrezia de' Medici, it's 16th century Florence, and her marriage at the age of 15 to the Duke of Ferrante and her story. So I cannot wait 
That's on those. my list too. Yeah. To Good. be read too. Yeah. So yeah. just uh, a clarification, you were correct. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank goodness. Because <laughs> I, I hate to say, oh, one of my all-time favorite books. And then why do I? <laughs> why did I doubt that title? But yes, I love, love, love that one. Yeah. yeah. I have a couple. There's a couple other uh, historical fiction. Well, you said the marriage portrait, but uh, coming out in September is the, the ways we hide by Christina McMorris, who wrote Sold on a Monday. Monday. Mm -hmm. And this one is another historical fiction um, about an illusionist or a magician Mm. who then gets hired to be in the British intelligence to design uh, things for with false bottoms and ways to smuggle things into these captives and soldiers. that sounds that was really good and then uh taylor jenkins reed has another book coming out in august which i think is going to be huge it's different from her others it's called carrie soto is back and it's about a tennis star who's now 37 and has set all these records back in her day which was kind of in the mid 80s and it sounds a little bit like uh, sabrina but the dating is is back further so it could be a compilation of lots of female tennis stars but it gets into you know her competitiveness her drive um it really gets into the the sport of tennis and it talks about the angles and the surfaces and the strategy and so sports fans will love it even if they don't read fiction i think this would be a great recommendation for people like that um, it, fans of Taylor Jenkins read it's going to go flying off the shelves and it's really fast paced and fun and, and you know perfectly timed for the US Open which will be around Labor Day and I think Carrie Soto makes she's briefly in Malibu Rising that's right so yes. yeah and like you said I mean Taylor Jenkins read is just so huge right now so we know everyone's going to really look forward to that yeah. and I'll have to buy like 8,000 copies put it on hold now <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm looking forward to a book that's coming out in August by Julia Whalen. Oh, I love uh, Julia Whalen. She is not only a writer, but she's a very um, re- well-known and highly regarded audiobook reader. Mm-hmm. So her book is called Thank You for Listening, and it's about an audiobook reader. So <laughs> as you all know, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, so I can't wait for that. Well, you just don't listen to a lot of audiobooks. Brag a little bit, Jan. What? <laughs> Tell everyone that... That I'm a judge for the audio. Yes, yes, of course. That's so cool. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Yes. No, but that's fantastic. That. Yeah. yeah, the audio awards are something like the Oscars of audiobooks. So um, this will be my fourth year uh, as a judge for wow. that. And it's lots of fun. I get to listen to a lot of really cool things. And another book that I'm looking for that's coming out in uh, September is Dinners with Ruth, a memoir on the power of friendship by Nina Totenberg, the NPR reporter who had a 50-year friendship with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, that sounds good. That will be very interesting, I'm sure. I'm looking forward to that one, too. It's funny because I know I don't... I'm a sort of new person to audiobooks, so I have listened to just a mere fraction of the ones that you have, but Julia Whalen is already one of my favorites. If I see that she's the, the narrator, then mm-hmm. I know it's going to be... She's been doing it for a long time, yeah. like before the big surge in audiobooks. Mm-hmm. She was still doing it then. Yeah, she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Jan, Mary, and Leslie, and thank you listeners so much for joining us for another episode of What Are You Reading podcast brought to you by Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut.
Check out our show notes for book titles and authors mentioned today. And please join us next month for more conversations about our favorite books and authors as we welcome our children's librarians fresh from summer reading. Happy reading, everyone. Thanks so much to all three of you for stopping by. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.